Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Tellage Talks. Tiger Laverty is in his 14th year as the head football coach at Kirtland High School. That's east of the city of Cleveland, Ohio. And it's a small school power that he runs on each and every Friday. He has made good on his career switch shortly after he got out of college. You see, he was an actuary. He spent a miserable year in that profession, and he made the move that I respect. He went towards something that he was passionate about. Became a teacher, coach, and the rest they say is history. His record at Kirtland is 171 wins, 17 losses. That's 91%. That is amazing winning percentage on any level, any sport, no matter what you look at. So what is the philosophy that he uses when he coaches football? And why are ninth graders at Kirtland High School, well, why are they such an important part of the program? It's a small school. He goes into that. Why is fun required when you are coaching a sport? And what is true leadership? I asked him all those questions. And also, what kind of teachable moment was the Miles Garrett meltdown Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Great chat with Tiger. Hope you enjoy it. Tiger Laverty, Kirtland High School. Tell me how you've just formed your football philosophy, where you're from, and uh, what, what got you into this crazy sport, Tiger? Well, I'm one of eight kids, uh, three sisters and five five boys and and uh you know i just grew up in a i'm a middle middle kid i got two older brothers two younger brothers and we played every sport basketball football baseball and so my two younger brothers i started coaching them in flag football and i coached them in t-ball and i just enjoyed you know coaching but then i went to college and got a job as an actuary in pittsburgh and i was never going to be a teacher or a coach and i i was an actuary for a year and uh, paid you said just a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All twelve, right. twelve long months, <laughs> and it paid well. And I sat at a cubicle, and one day seemed like a week, and I said I wasn't put here to be doing this for thirty. Was there any years. aspect of that job that was exciting at all for you? I, I was in I'm, defined I'm benefits, no. <laughs> and I did I did retirement system benefits, and I did I was on a computer all day in a cubicle. Oh my gosh. And it was one day was. A week. I, I seemed like a long time. I come here to school. Um, I always wanted to coach, and I never – I couldn't – we get out at 6 every day as an actuary, so I would never have that opportunity. So I called my parents and said, hey, you know, I think I might want to be a teacher so I can coach a little bit. And they they were, you know, supportive, and they said, go ahead. So I had to go back and get a master's in yeah. education at John Carroll. That's why I ended up here. So I was at John Carroll. For, they have a one-year master's deal. Got my teaching certificate, master's all in a year, and then – was an assistant coach for a couple of years, and I was a ninth grade coach in Pennsylvania, and our ninth grade team had a good year. We actually played another ninth grade team, our big rival. Um, I I've taught and coached where I went to high school and played, and so we played our big rival, and they were really good. And ninth grade team, and gotcha. we, we played our best game. We won like 28-7, and the the AD of the other school, who coached was who coached against me when I was in high school, and my brothers and everything. His nephew was on that ninth grade team, and after the game, a month later, he called me and said, hey, our coach is leaving, our head football coach, would you apply? And I said, 
I said, that's a big rival. And he said, well, he goes, my nephew is going to be, he goes, I was at the ninth grade game. You know, that was a good ninth grade team you guys beat. And he was like, you know, my nephew is going to be in 10th grade. Gotcha. And so I interviewed for the job. I ended up getting the job. So my, that was my first head coaching job in 2001. And that kid was my quarterback as a sophomore. And he was a three-year starter. And, um, you know, when he was a senior, three years later with him and all his buddies, we had the most wins in school history, made it to the district championship. They'd never won one. And um, then I ended up getting a job here. My wife's from Mayfield, and she wanted to move back with her family. And so I applied for this job and was fortunate enough to get it and moved here. And so this is my 14th year. It's, some, it's crazy how fast the time goes. but It really does fly. Mm-hmm. When you were at the head coach in, in, in that first place, um, how were you as a how were you as a coach then compared to what you are now when you're 14 at Kirtland? Well, you just try to, you know, win as many games as you can with the kids that you have. And mm-hmm. and over there we had some good skill guys and a couple, you know, a good quarterback. And so we actually threw the ball a ton. Like the one year my quarterback was top five in Pennsylvania, so we were like spread five wide. And um, then I came here first year here we weren't great up front so we threw it a little bit and then uh you know when basically when we had like harbor and washington you know we went we actually you know we we put in in the summer a base offense a goal line offense and a spread right. and you know we use what we need to win whatever you know the game that we're in and with those teams we got we were we ended up being in our goal line offense in the middle of the field and people were having trouble stopping it and so at the end of the year, 60% of our offense was in goal line, like that formation. And gotcha. so, um, and then ever since then, we've had, you know, really good running backs and quarterbacks and linemen that work tight ends. And so, you know, that's really our goal line offense. We have, you know, the stack and then we have a bear, which we consider our regular. And then we have our spread, you know, three by one, two by two stuff. And so I teach it in three phases. And then at the end of the year, depending on our personnel, our percentages change. You know, some years were 60, 30, 10. Some years were 50, 40, 10, you know, something like that. Um, but most teams say we're a stacked eye team. That's our really our goal line package. But we've gotten – we've done it for 10 years, and we're pretty pretty good at it in the middle of the field. So we, you know, we use that more than just short-yarded situations. Tiger, before we started rolling here um, with the pod, you were talking a little bit about, you know, whatever your pitch may have been back when you – became the head coach here 14 years ago. What was that like? What, what what did you try to sell the folks here at Kirtland on what football would be like with you as a head coach? Well, just try to, you know, you know, these guys are going to be your friends for life. Uh, enjoy every day. Um, and just, I wanted these kids to have a good time. So when I first came here in 2006, we always had two overnight summer trips. Uh, we go to Pitt, we go to Oil City for these seven-on-seven tournaments in the summer. And, you know, we're, we're going to compete and mm-hmm. play seven-on-seven, seven, but we're really going to have a good time. We're really going. So that's the stuff they remember. When they graduate, they remember that time we were at Pitt, and, you know, we would stay all night in tents and camp out in backyards and make fires and order pizza and, you know, just stuff that kids are going to remember. And so we would do these things, and the next year we'd have more kids that want to be part of that, you know. And, and then we started having success, and then success breeds success. The norm... I always say the norm around here isn't normal. Like what we do in the off season is not normal. Like okay. these kids, they go above and beyond. Uh, we got a great strength coach. 
he opens the weight room every day and these kids come every day uh, it's not mandatory but they know if they want to be playing in week 15 you know that it takes an, an enormous amount of um, work and and these kids are willing to do it um, so we have kids that like they check in the weight room every day and they're they you know they have 80 straight days like they missed seven days a week for three months they haven't missed a day and then they're like oh my parents want to go on vacation i'm going to miss a day and it's all right but they're that they're so committed uh they're so committed to each other um it's a special place they care about each other they love each other you know football is a game where there's 22 people on a field and there's one ball so you can't be selfish. You have to, you know, you have to be an unselfish kid, and our kids are, are really unselfish. You turn on the film, and the effort they go through, you know, the effort they show on film yeah. just to do their job to help the guy who has the ball or defensively to help the linebackers of the secondary, it's it's remarkable. You know, they – and it's – Really, why we've been able to sustain success is these kids play a lot of games, seventh, eighth, ninth. A lot of, you know, a lot of times if you don't have a ninth grade team, those ninth graders they get a year, they don't get a lot of playing time on a JV team. So we, we want our kids to play a lot of football. Um, they work very hard in the off season, and uh, our 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 scheme offensively and defensively is pretty simple. So you know? this is something a seventh, a seventh yeah, grader, two, eighth grader, ninth grader? Yeah, and so the, our youth programs, we have great youth coaches. Uh, the Kirtland Youth Football League does a great job. And we have a first and second grade team, third and fourth, fifth and sixth, and then seventh and then eighth and ninth. So, you know, my kid's in sixth grade. He's already played six years and running our offense. And he'll come to the games and he'll, he'll call, <laughs> he's calling and plays, he's calling plays for me. Yeah, He's... <laughs> he's pretty funny kid he's like dad why didn't you why'd you run that that was a bad that's a bad call but anyways <laughs> you got critics at home oh, oh yeah my wife's a big crit. she's she's great too she teaches here at the okay. school and um we live 40 yards away you know we bought a house that's connected to the backfields so you know it's just i just try to be a good role model for these kids my wife and i just want to you know these kids to you know grow up and become good husbands and fathers and mm-hmm. and uh so you know, I don't swear. I don't let the kids swear. You know, I don't let my coaches swear. I know a lot of programs, there's, there's a lot of swearing at practice and during games. Oh, it's getting crazy, it, yeah. And it becomes, it becomes a bad habit. And, uh, you know, my brother coached college football, and they said the effort every single sentence, it would come out, and it became easy to say. And, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I just, I don't believe it. I don't think you need to talk to kids that way. So, you know, I can get upset and... They know that I'm intense. That. No, you don't have to ever talk like that. Now, you have a kid you mentioned selfish, unselfish, whatever. Uh, say there's a kid in your program that's just not thinking about the team. They're thinking more about themselves. How is that process for you, the coach, or your assistants or whatever, to turn this kid? There's because kids I, every year that I call into my room and I and I say, you know, um, I need you to be a leader. And uh, leadership, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say it like this, but being a leader is different than being a dick you know what i mean like yelling at kids thinking you're being a leader that's not is it. not being a leader being encouraging um you know supportive like these I, these seniors every year i say man you're going to spend four months with these freshmen and then you're going to go off and if you live in the same community you're going to see them th- 10 20 30 40 50 years down the road they're going to remember how you treat them every day these four months yeah. so if you want to be that senior that yells and screams at the freshman and tells them to get the water and, you know, and I always tell them, you know, if you pick on a freshman, you're a chump. If you teach these freshmen what it takes to become 
you know, successful, then you're that's what makes a champion. And our seniors every year impress me to death with how well they treat the freshmen. And but I harp on it. That says a lot. The first day it? of practice, it's all I talk about is the seniors, how you treat these ninth graders. Because I remember, you know, I remember when I played ninth grade football. I remember the kids that gave me a ride home. They didn't have to, and they'd say, "Hey, Tiger, you need a ride home." And I, when I see him now, I, that was a nice, nice, nice right. kid as a senior. He did, and he treated me very well. And I also remember the kids that, you know, <laughs> would not be very nice in the locker room and with, in the shower and all kinds right. of stuff. You know, they just were bullies. And so we make a, you know, we make a big deal about if if I see anybody even a little bit rude, I just say, "You're a bully," you know, and. Message. They message. They get the message, and they understand in this program that that would be like the the ultimate wrong is to to bully a kid because I the freshmen they're the future. Yeah. You know. We need them all to stay out. We can't have any of those kids quit. I want them to have an enjoyable time, and the seniors are a big part of it. And 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 to their credit, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they are amazing. These kids in the off season in the weight room, how much they encourage the young kids. And I'm talking fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth graders like my kid's in sixth grade and he's been going to the weight room for five years you know he goes in and he would bench the bar say dad i got it three times dad i got it five times dad i got it seven times you know and every day was so excited to bench that bar as many times as he could you know now he can do it 90 times you know and so he goes in there and he puts it on there and gets all fired up and the older kids are, are awesome they're they're really really special kids that's really cool that you have this atmosphere here that you've helped build and it's just kind of year after year you get that that you know the feeling that i as a player here i belong here but i've got to do things to be a part of that whole scene Mm -hmm. when you were younger um were there any athletes coaches sports figures that you know might have left a mark on you just you wanted to either be like them or you they were a bright light in in your head that you thought of as a as a youngster Anybody oh, in particular? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if there's any, anybody in particular. Um, I just knew, you know, I loved playing. We played outside every day growing up. I had tons of guys in the neighborhood. And, you know, I always tell the, these group of kids, you know, it's a game. We should laugh and have fun every day. I mean, really. I think a lot of coaches take this way too serious. I think they maybe, you know, when they we're, – we're three to five, and I, they're gone at five every day. I don't keep these kids till six, yeah, seven o'clock at night. Yeah, you don't need an night. extra forty minutes. No, or these whatever. kids have homework to do. They, I want them to be home and eat with their families. You know, you know. If I think some people overcoach and put in too many plays, and then you got to spend, you know, and then kids get tired of it. I mean, it's tiring. When we play into December, that's a long season. You got to let these guys, you know, get away. And 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 same thing with your coaches. Like right. when I was in a young assistant, we'd meet Sunday nights, six o'clock meetings, and they'd go till midnight. And I would sit there. Oh my gosh. And I remember thinking, if I ever get my chance to be the boss, Sunday's the Lord's Day, it's day of rest. So we do all our work on Saturday, get the films, and we stay until we're done on Saturday. And then I tell my coach, I'll see you Monday after school. Mm-hmm. You know, get away, regroup, and come. Because otherwise, it becomes seven days a week, and you can get a little burnout. So when we leave Saturday, I don't want to see those guys till Monday after school. We get everything done. I mean, this is different because now our playoff games are Saturday night this year. But I'm talking when Friday right. nights. You get all your stuff done Saturday. and So this year is a little different because, you know, we have Saturday playoff games, which we haven't, we haven't had in a few years. So, you know, I still try to 
let my coaches have the day off Sunday, but it's a little hard now because. I felt a little uh, guilty uh, texting you yesterday, Sunday. Cause I <laughs> thought this is a guy, you know, is a man of faith, and you know, yep. Sunday is Sunday. So I appreciate you even responding to it, and I didn't even expect that. So I appreciate that very much. Um, we talk about, you know, you not really specific about people that influenced you, but you say you want to have fun. You've got kids here for most years, 15 weeks. You, uh, you know, We've in, in terms of games, seven you've out been of the last eight years. Yeah, you've been very fortunate, but I mean, fortunate, yes. But you you coach for that, and the kids yeah, work and the, for that's that. That's what I tell the kids. You got four weeks before the first game, so it's really 19 weeks is the season. That's a long time, and that's why I really harp on the seniors. Like 19 weeks with these freshmen, man, you you're going to make an imprint. And they're going to know you when they. Yeah, they're going to. And and our our seniors, to their credit, are fantastic. Every year, every year I go to the banquet and I'm like, look at this group. What a fantastic group of kids. You know, like how are we ever going to replace them? And like last year we went 15 and 0 and we had an incredible senior class. And I remember them at the banquet. I'm like, how are we even going to field a team? Yeah. And here we are, 12 and 0 with. Uh, and we only had two guys back on offense and like two guys back on defense. We last year we graduated everybody. That was a Real senior-laden team, quarterback, up-back, full-back, tailback, yeah. the whole line, everybody. So uh, we had, you know, one lineman back and, and uh, one tight end back from last year. Okay, so now you are in week 13 as we're taping this, uh, and we're going to post it early this week. You're going up against a legend, uh, Manchester High School, Coach France. What were your impressions just of the legacy this guy's brought to the fore here in in Ohio football. Well, number one, you know, I think he's a good person, and I think the only way to be in this longevity, like this kind mm-hmm. of profession, is you really got to care about kids. And I think he really cares about his players. Like, you know, to me, it's what's cool is when you know you get I get text messages Friday night, congrats, coach, from all the guys that have come and gone. My wife and I get to go to weddings and you know all that stuff. That's cool. It's it that's it's rewarding, and that's really what you're doing it for. Um, and he's like that. I mean, he's been there forever. I mean, I don't know how many wins he's got, but watching him on film the last couple of days is pretty neat because, you know, they they're very similar. It's like, you know, we've got 120 plays on them and they run the ball 105 times, yeah, and I'm, they I'm, run about five plays. What's the over under on how long this game's oh gonna take? Oh my gosh, I'm looking. <laughs> they got two really really good backs, and I think we got two really really good backs. And it's look it's like looking in the mirror. We're watching it, and my assistant coach is like, you know, they run toss, iso, power, trap, you know, counter. And I'm like, yeah, that's this is two tights, three backs. This is what we do. And so it, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, watching them on film, and, you know, they're not huge, but they're, they're, they're crisp. Kids are tough, and they'll hit you, and they attack, and they're competitive. And I would say the same thing about our kids. So it, it it's really cool to watch their film because it's, you know, it's going to be two real similar styles, I think, Saturday yeah. night. Just line it up and go at each mm-hmm. other. That's that's really cool. Again, before we were talking um, here on tape, go through again, if you can, for me, Tiger, the whole philosophy that, like, your school is not that big. So having a ninth grade team, mm-hmm. a JV team, and then you're going up against some of the big powerhouses, and your ninth graders are more than holding their own. How, is that been a natural oh, we've evolution? Lo- we've lost gone? many games to, you know, we Manor, St. Ed, St. Ignatius, mm-hmm. Avon. We, we, in the younger But levels. our kids would rather play in that game, and we film it and we grade it and we go over it with them and teach them the game than play a, a really, really weak JV team and win gotcha. 50 to nothing. Where, 
you know, you get nothing out of it. So we go into those games, you know, we don't care if we win or lose. It's it's just exciting to play these great programs with great coaches, you know, and Chuck Kyles, we've played them every year for the last, I don't know, six or eight years. You know, Lombardo, we played St. Ed's many times. And, you know, Mike Elder out at Avon, we've played them, I think, three yep. times here on the board. He's, he's a very good coach and a good friend of mine. Um, so... You know, we actually, this year, first year, we went down and we said we played Maslin in a JV game. They said, we got to come here. We'll do it on a Thursday night under the lights. So our kids got to play was a big at deal. Maslin, 7 o'clock, Thursday night under the lights. So, um, you know, we just try to get these guys great games. And what happens is then they become ready for varsity action. This week, we had two starters out on defense and two kids that played in that JV schedule um, played fantastic. Mason Russ and Carstandonian played fantastic last Friday, Saturday night. And the week before, another kid, Danny Davidson, we had two secondary guys get hurt in the same game, and he went in. He plays in the JV team, and it was we were up seven in the fourth quarter, and it was fourth down, and he intercepted a ball to, to seal the game. And so there's three kids that played that whole schedule that uh, were ready. You know, they were ready for playoff Friday night action, which is really – Really cool. And I, in 2016, or no, 17, we had of our top five linemen, our best, our number one and our number two got hurt. Okay. And then so six and seven were in the game, and they got hurt. So one and two and six and seven were out. We were playing the regional final against Mogador to go to the final four with three, four, five, eight, and nine. With our third, fourth, fifth, and eighth and ninth best linemen. So we went nine deep, and we won the game with numbers eight and nine. And you don't do that without all these freshman and JV games and running a simple system. Like, if our system was real complicated, you couldn't throw kids in. They would, But, you know, we're running the same plays at every level. So we plugged those kids in, and they were fantastic, and we moved on to the Final Four, and then we made a state title game with our eighth and ninth linemen playing big, big, big minutes. In, in crucial situations. It seems, too, I'm looking at a lot of the teams that are still alive here in week 13. A lot of them have had the systems where, look what Tribs got over at mm-hmm. Mentor, where kids are in that program early. They know it. It's, you know, they have well, their system and they. Yeah, Avon's playing. Avon's the same one. And they're on their third quarterback. Their top two quarterbacks are out. And so, you know, and, and he plays a lot of JV games. Like they came over here twice. Um, and so, you know, it's important to get those kids. You know, I think anybody that. You, if you cancel a JV game, you're 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 killing those ninth and tenth graders. They just practiced all week, for what? And then didn't yeah, have and a game. Yeah. And we just, you know, week ten we had Berkshire and we were getting on the bus to come back and they canceled the JV game. I said, he goes, we don't have enough to play it. I said, even if you only have eleven, you got to play it. He said, now nah, we can't play it. So then we didn't. We were scratching and we called Rosati up at Perry. We played them and 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 you know because he West G canceled on Perry, okay. Berkshire canceled on us. So we got the kids at Perry together and played our last JV game against them. I think the real lesson here is that, you know, we we focus so much on the varsity and we focus so much on Friday night and under the lights and stuff. But the real the grit the the heavy lifting's done by oh, all those other guys on this roster kids. and the kids that are playing JV games, right? And you've got to make it in the ninth graders and tenth graders incredibly important. They got to be really important to your program, and they are here. Like. You know, my son's on the ninth grade team, and I, I think I coached all the, most of those games. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think I saw almost all of them. But, um, you know, 
you got to be around, and I'm around the JV games and the ninth grade games, and you know all my coaches are, yeah. and we're genuinely interested, and we try to get games that are interesting, like you know the the week six Ignatius, we won 11 to 10. It was one of the best games of the year. Wow. We were down 10 nothing at halftime, and we kicked the field goal in the fourth quarter. We we got the two, we got a two point. We were down 10 to eight going in the fourth quarter, and we kicked the field goal. And we never kicked field goals at a JV level. Like we called timeout, and who can snap? Who can hold? <laughs> Good luck kicking it, and he made it. It was unbelievable. That's crazy. They'll never forget that. Now, our kids, they won't forget that week six game against them. It was a lot of fun. And, I, you know, the Ignatius, to come up here and play a small school, you know, I give them credit That says credit a lot about it. Chico yeah. and his program. Yeah. And his coaches actually say, like, you know, we'll come play you guys anytime. Like, two years ago we played them, and we didn't win. It was like 16-6. to six. We lost. But, you know, their coaches were like, it was maybe the toughest hard-hitting game that we had all year. So, you know, our our kids they're 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 gritty. <laughs> they're tough and gritty and you know, they're not gonna back down and, and they know that. It's fun. And they love success. And yeah, once and you have that taste of success, boy, yeah. that's the greatest of all, isn't it? For yeah, kids. and those kids, you know, when they were in elementary school they watched the older kids go play in state championships. It was like they're heroes. Yeah, and they wanna do that. And they but the effort starts in the weight room in the off season. Yeah. Like it, it above and beyond People have no idea. They just see the score on a Friday night. Oh, Kirtland won again. They have no idea. They don't realize the time and the energy and, and, and what these kids put in. It is impressive, and they should be commended, and they deserve, you know, all the accolades they get because it, it is – I know parents who say, do you really need them in there that many? And I'm like, they don't have to be. They're choosing mm-hmm. to be, you know. Right. We don't We don't demand it of them, but, you know, now it's been like – if you want to be as good as that team last year, this is kind of the new norm. Mm-hmm. Let's leapfrog a bunch of levels all the way up to the pros. Can you have teachable moments for your kids on something that happened in a game? Obviously, the Miles Garrett thing is the most recent thing that's big. Can you have teachable moments? Oh, yeah. Them? And oh, how yeah. often do you pull that or use an example of a pro, how they handle uh, we, themselves? We'll talk about it because a lot of these kids are, you know, they're fans, and mm-hmm. they watch the Browns, they watch the Buckeyes, and so, like, you'll see something happen. Like, did you see that? You know, that's why. And we have teachable moments in our own games. You know, there's always stuff that comes up that, you know, then you, like, I've been doing this 22 years, and I learn to coach differently all the time because of something that happened that I never saw before. So, um, yeah, like, Anytime you find something that you could teach kids about the game of football, like it's important. It's mm-hmm. What would you say to them about Garrett? Well, it was 10 seconds left in the game, and it's 21 to 7. The game's over. You know, like right now in the playoffs, if we're winning this Saturday night and there's 10 seconds left, if you do something stupid, you're, you're not playing in the Final Four game. You're in a state semifinal, and you got kicked out of the Week 13 game with 10 seconds left up two touchdowns. Like – Come on, he, just walk away. Even if you're upset that you know you want, I'd point at the scoreboard and walk away with a smile. Like what he did is unbelievable because they were up two scores with 10 seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, we we and you we, won't we even have to bring that. something like that up. To the, that's no, probably they talk about it. Well, they're, they're Browns fans, and now they're like they're coming in. We lost going. their best defensive player for the for rest the, of the year. The rest of the year, and maybe next year. They haven't even said. You know, those kids are frustrated because actually there's about five kids on my team that they do mulching jobs all summer and they save their money and buy season tickets and they go together. They go to every home game together 
and they mulch all summer for season tickets to the Browns. Well, they'll, so, so they'll be playing this Saturday night, and then Sunday they went, afternoon they'll be at uh, the Jet, uh, the uh, yep. Pete game. The Pete, they were all the, at the, they were uh, all at they were all there Thursday night. They uh, went to the game against the Steelers before our playoff game, and they all were freezing. <laughs> and and uh, you know that's their thing though, and they're all their parents are like it's really cool that they they work to buy their own tickets so they can go as a group. They've been doing it a couple of years now. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's but really again, cool. it's a teachable moment, but it's 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 something that the whole world is seeing as opposed to some isolated incident in a practice yeah. or in a JV football game. Anything, it's, wrestling match, basketball, anything. Keep your cool. You know, you, you got to keep your cool. And, and when you get married, and you if you lose your cool and hit your wife, you're going to jail, yeah. and they'll take their they'll take your kids from you. You know, it, it's even that much of a lesson. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. We are just wrapping up here, and I, you, you've been a great uh, guest. I appreciate it, Tiger. Much uh, success to you and uh, the Hornets, uh, not necessarily just the rest of the way, but as you continue along this coaching road, because you're impacting young lives, and it's yep. all for the positive, right? That's yep. what you're in this for. Absolutely. That's uh, to watch these kids grow up and become great husbands and, and fathers is really re- rewarding. And so I get pictures from when they old players have kids and going to weddings and that's that's fun that's that's really what it's all about if i had a kid graduate here and you know said man i just wasted four years of my life playing for that jerk that would break my heart it really yeah. would it would yeah. break my heart i i would not want to be that kind of coach good luck to you thank you thanks very much to tiger laverty for the nice conversation right before practice early in the week getting ready for their state Well, it would be the regional championship game against Manchester. Hope you enjoyed and also ask that you check us out on any of the podcast platforms. We'd love it if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars and leave a review if that is something that you would like to do. We certainly would appreciate it. Thanks a lot for that. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of Tellage Talks. We'll see you the next time.